It's the show that makes us talk. So the other day when we went bike riding, did you know why my bike fell over? No, why? Because it was too tired. <laughs> what about our life? With Chris and Will, Season 2. Once again, welcome to another great episode of What About Our Life with Chris and Will. But this time it's season two. Yay! How have you guys been? We've missed you. I yes. can't tell you enough you how much we've missed you. But you know what? You guys have kept us quite busy during our little break that <laughs> yeah. we had. You know, because we would go out of town and... and some of you guys would run into us and we're like, who are you? Who are you? <laughs> oh, you listen to our show. So thank you for that. We, we really feel important, but we've always felt important. Yes. But you guys made us feel more important because you made us feel like that we're something. And we're glad that you've enjoyed listening to our show and we're happy to be back. Yes. Oh, gosh. What have we done during the break? What did we do? Mm. Oh, we are in Orlando, Florida right now. That is correct. Yes. We went from New Orleans, Louisiana, where we did all of season one, to now we are in Orlando, um, pretty much where we like to call home, mm -hmm. in a sense. So we're happy for that. And you know what? Season two is filled with so many different things. Oh, uh, oh yes. Some that, <laughs> some that we can talk about and some that we cannot. Uh, yes. But we have a brand new website. What is it, Willie? Chrisandwill.com. That's right. That's where we're going to announce a lot of our new stuff. So, so happy about yes. that. Yes. And you know what? This season on select episodes, you can be on the show. What? Yeah, we're going to bring some of our great fans on the show. Yes, I already knew commentary. that. But yes. this is something I'm really, really glad about because with the feedback that so much came in, they're like, whoa, what it would be like if uh, I was on the show? And then we go, oh, uh, maybe you can. So what did we start? And go ahead and talk yeah. about that. So we, so we had it to where people could come in we do. And, so, and enter and tell you, uh, tell us a little about yourselves. And yeah, so you get to be on some of our select episodes in our commentary. All you got to do is sign up. You got to yes. go to chrisandwill.com to sign up. Yes. And we will select a few that will be on those few episodes. Because you know what? Season two is full with 15 episodes. Wow. That's right. We're going all the way through Pride season, which starts pretty much in the beginning, beginning of May, maybe. Not, uh, yeah. Through June and so forth. Yeah. We got a lot of events that we're attending. Uh, so we'll be able to meet you in person, broadcast some of our shows from those events. Plus, we're going to be broadcasting in our new studio in Orlando, but we can't talk about that mm -hmm. yet. But we will this season we're going to do a lot of giveaways Ooh. yeah a lot of prizes a lot of great corporations have given us some amazing things to give away so that gives you more interaction with us it's all about you guys and it's yeah. all about our life as well as your life connection yes it's all about the power you know the power in guests yes how they empower it's like seize the moment seize mm -hmm. the journey you mm -hmm. know 
So we are excited about season two. I mean, we did a lot of uh, different things. We learned a lot from 2019 and we set goals for 2020. And believe it or not, we have met every single goal that we set. And you know what's really, really, I don't want to say interesting, but actually kind of astonishing. You know, we set group goals and we set individual goals. We did. And we've we've done all of them and still going. Yes, and and it's all about um, you know who we are and our message that we like to send out, and you know we've had some help that we've helped some individuals, so that's helped us. Yeah, and uh, we appreciate that. We're starting our BFF organization that we're yes. going to talk about, plus uh, Williams Heart Pen, which mm-hmm. is part of that. It will help spread the education on the importance of bullying and and abuse that people need to be aware of and how we see the signs so we can help it. And we also want to be a part of your life and be the friend that you need forever. So our BFF is Believing Friends Forever, which basically means that we want to be your friend forever. So we want to be that pen pal that if you need to reach out to somebody just to vent or talk to help you find a direction in your life, that's what we're going to do. And the Williams Heart Pen is going to do exactly that. And we're going to go around to different schools, educate kids, and try to help them through that, you know, um, suicide is not the answer of friends. Well, not is. only that, but with bullying and abuse, you know, it's sometimes where, at least from my perspective, I thought it was only, you know, one sided. It's not, it's in so many different forms. And you know what? It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to exist. And that's why, you know, and you were talking about uh, pen pals. Boy, I mean, back in, I know this sounds like dated, but back in the day, pen pals was that way of listening and just saying, hmm, wow, there's just this person out there, you know, listening and I'm communicating with them. And it brings that all around to connection. You know what? Yeah, we have social media, but at the end of the day, sometimes certain things in our life, they don't need to be discussed with people on social media in yes. a sense. You need to have that close connection. You need to find somebody that can that will listen, that will understand, and that will help. Yes. And with us and what we plan with this organization is we want to be able to give you that help in your area. We will take the time to go research and find the right people that will put you in the direction of where you need to be because we want you to be happy as we become more happier in what we do. Yeah. So we're excited about uh, announcing that, plus all the different convention shows and charity events that we're planning to attend and all the different things, plus our documentary. A lot of great things have been coming out of that. Um so, so much is going to be happening for season two. So you you definitely want to stay tuned into that and be sure to check out that website at chrisandwill.com. <laughs> of course, you know, Instagram is always there. We do posting on yes. Instagram and you can find us at chris.and.will. Yeah, on Instagram. So yeah. we do a lot of postings on that. But today, our episode is the very first episode, and we have a wonderful guest with us today. Oh, my gosh. We, we love her to death. <laughs> and we're going to get into that. Not quite yet, though, Yeah, But we're going to get into that. But our topic today not only talks about our season premiere and, you know, how we talked about our goals in a little bit, but it's about relatable entertainment, which kind of intertwines with what we discussed about in season premiere. 
stuff. So mm-hmm. when you talk about relatable entertainment, it's like watching movies, television sitcoms, a particular episode, listening to music, playing video games, something that is relatable to you that you can feel. What do you think that would be? Well, you know what you're saying about that. Um, what comes to my wait a minute, you know what? I figured it out. Imagination. And you know why? Because that relatable, you're using your imagination to like, not only sort out stuff, but then it's like a light bulb went off. You know, the other day, uh, Willie and I went to uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios here in Orlando and we watched Fantasmic. And at the end of Fantasmic, um, Mickey comes <laughs> out and does this big old show and, and so forth. And, you know, I said it always gets you so emotional and so giddy because when Mickey does that performance, it always makes you feel like a kid again. Because yeah. it restarts your spirit. And you can relate to that that fun, that that energy, and that just everything about it. So that's relatable in a lot of senses. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you see movies, you can feel the emotions off of certain scenes in a movie. Well, not only that, there's so much to movies. I mean, first there's, you know, the moving picture on the screen and then you have the music, which, you know, the thing, you know, tugs on your heartstrings, so to speak, you know, and then you have the story and it, you know, I can go on and on. I think the music plays a very important part in our lives. Yeah. And um, the soundtrack to our lives. (laughs) I I think everybody lives a movie. We always say Chris and Will are a movie. Yeah. And I think that's why, because I, I, I just, you know, when I write personally, I do a lot of writing projects. When I write, I listen to music and I also have the window open because I like to get the outside world of nature. And so when other people do it, it's extremely extraordinarily relatable, but uh, music yeah, is a soundtrack of our life. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to say, which movie do you think would be the most relatable to you? Oh gosh. Wow. Um, to me personally or to us, like, cause either way. <sighs> well, I will say growing up, I was fond of Aladdin only because when I saw the genie, you know, and Robin Williams voiced the genie as comical. I mean, this is going a little deep, but I mean, he was in that lamp for a thousand years. And then all of a sudden, here's this good guy who's a street rat, but. You know, he rubs the lamp and he gets his three wishes. Now, and who he, the hell are you saying is the street rat? Are you saying you're the street rat? I guess because it's like basically saying, you know, <laughs> you're struggling, you're struggling. Either you can't find yourself or you can't get what you want. Then the lamp appears and you're like, oh, I get to wish for whatever I want. But here's this genie with, you know, hundreds of other people who have you know, rubbed the lamp prior to him. And he's like, well, you may not want to wish for that because uh, this may happen, That's you know? So, funny. so, I mean, when you finally get that wish and you realize, wow, okay, actually I might've not have wanted that. Instead, I want this and bam, well, you get better than what you wished for. You know, I guess, I guess, I, I don't know me. I, I would say there's, it depends on the emotion and the experience that's in the movie. Yeah. Like, for example, I'll give you a good one. Um, during Christmas time, we watched, we actually watched several, but this one I'll, I'll point out last Christmas. Yeah. Very good. With movie. Queen Latifah. 
No. No, last, I'm thinking of last holiday. Yeah. Last Christmas. Last Christmas. It was the one that just came out uh, about uh, the heart transplant. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. Yes. The reason I say that's relatable because I have heart issues and eventually I have to um, have open heart surgery to have something removed. So it is relatable in a sense because you feel that emotion and you kind of, not that I'm going to die or anything, but you, you get where I'm going. You feel, you, you feel the emotion. Another thing is we also saw Bombshell. Wow. Now, how is that relatable? A lot of people ask yeah. that. I'll tell you, we've dealt with corporations before that have had harassment. Maybe not necessarily sexual harassment, but we've dealt with harassment. And uh, they nailed it to a T on what happens yeah. when that happens. And especially when you have to go through that. So that's what I'm talking about. Relatable stuff. Whether it's just one tiny little topic, but something that kind of touches on something you've experienced in life. Music does that. Yeah. If you're in a mood, I find that sometimes if I'm in such a mood, um, Evanescence will crawl into the picture. Fiona Apple falls into That's the picture. That's for me. Fiona, Fiona Apple was my, like when I was feeling really lonely or sad and, or just, you know, on the flip side of things, I would listen to her CD a lot. Yeah, so music has that relation to you. I mean, any project that, that touches upon something you've experienced in your life is relatable. So I'd have to say, um, as far as relatable entertainment, that is for me, if you were going to go through imaginative, like with Aladdin, E.T. would have had to have been that. Yeah. Um, because it was, it, it was just very imaginative. I can imagine myself doing that stuff that Elliot did because I know I would do exactly what Elliot did. Yeah. I know that. So it, it can be re relatable but whether it, it actually happened or it didn't. It can be relatable. Yeah. And one last thing, cause I wanted to add this in with the genie, he got freed at the end. Yes. So you know what? It's basically free to make your own choices. Yes. And you know what? And another good one, I would have to say, if you were to pick a movie that's very relatable to Chris and Will, it'd have to be The Associates. Yeah, oh my gosh. And we, and we, we talked about we talked this about at that the end with, of season one. Yes, with Lainey Kazan, because Lainey was in there. The reason why that is, is because, you know, uh, Willie and I really know we have a lot of talent. Yes. And we have worked really hard to get that attention, to get that talent. And we finally got that attention that we deserved. And people finally felt that, oh, you guys are that incredible. It's like, yeah, but you didn't give it to me before. We did everything that we could just to mm -hmm. get that attention. And, and that movie so relatable to us because we went through that. We almost had to become somebody that we weren't yeah. just to get recognized. Well, what was the quote? Oh, you're a Coke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're a Coke. But it's it basically saying that, you know what? I knew it from the very beginning and you've been waiting there and you've been waiting there and you kept at it. Yep. Absolutely. So and I it's would a have Coca-Cola is what it's referring yeah, to. I'd have to say that would be the most relatable project for Chris and Will. But, you know, we're talking about that because there's a lot of different things that our guest today has done that we can relate to in a lot of different ways. And one of those projects is called Indebted. It's a show that is currently out right now. It is on Thursday nights on NBC. Check your local listings. Mm -hmm. And basically, our guest on the show today who plays in that is none other than the great Fran Dresher. <laughs> yes, of course, we all know Fran from The Nanny, yes. the most incredible nanny on the planet. Uh, living with Fran. Yes. Um, happily divorced. Happily divorced. And um, 
the beautician and the beast. Remember that movie? Yeah, that's right. She started on Saturday night fever. Did you know that? I did not. But then, you know, thinking about that now, you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking she was in that one scene. Yeah, she grabbed John Travolta's ass. (laughs) Isn't that great? And that you and I bet you didn't know this. She played the stepmother in Cinderella, Roger and Hammerstein's Cinderella on Broadway in 2014. She was the stepmother. Oh, believe it or not. Yes, wow. absolutely. She is an advocate for the LGBTQ community. We're gonna so talk grateful. about that. She also has a great organization called Cancer Smancher. It is her wonderful organization. It's got a great event coming up. We're gonna talk about that too. Um, gosh, she's a, uh, rape survivor, a uterine cancer survivor. She is overall an amazing woman. And we are so excited to be sharing our first season episode with her. Yes. I can't tell you enough. We are, I just tickled pink. If that's the word (laughs) you're looking for guys, I don't know. I don't Mr. Sheffield. I just don't know. I don't know how to feel, but we are excited. We are thrilled. We are loving it. So sit back, relax, because we are going to give Fran Drescher a call. We are honored to welcome today one of television's most iconic actresses, best known for performing on the hit show The Nanny, and she also has a brand new show on NBC, which is called Indebted, Fran Drescher. Hi, Fran. How are you? Oh, I I have to tell you guys, I took a beach walk yesterday with my cast Uh from the new Uh show, Indebted. And as we're walking back, what happens? I step on a beach bee. Oh. And it stung me under my foot. Oh, my. And I, uh, oh, God. And I was like a mile from my house. And I didn't even realize there was a stinger still in my foot. Oh, and now it's all red and swollen. Poison, you know, I mean. And I actually take care of bees. I'm very mindful of, you know, maintaining the bee population. And I don't Uh blame the bee. I mean, I freaking stepped on him. Right. But, um... But I, I bought a special water bowl for the bees, and I have little rocks in it, and nice. uh, they can slide. It's a special texture that their little feet can hold on to the edges and the rocks. Natural materials, they're good at, you know, so they don't drown. Uh-huh. They, they're not good with, like, a porcelain bowl or something. Then right. they slide and they can't get out, and mm-hmm. it's terrible. So then you defeat the purpose. But they all know that I'm their friend, and I keep watering their space, and they always come. And then, interestingly enough, at a certain time, they disappear. They go to bed. Oh. They go to bed. The, the ants go to bed. I have ants that live here. And they also need water. They won't bother uh-huh. you or take over your house. Right. If you just put little, like, wasabi-sized bowls of water where you see them coming out of the wall. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then yeah. They, they drink the water, and then they go back home. Uh-huh. 
And at night, they all go to bed. Everybody has to sleep, and everybody needs water on this planet. It's a water planet. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Very true. Oh. Very true. Well, you know what? We're here to make you feel better. Yes. And Thank you. You're yes, welcome. We, you know, we I, are so excited that we get to talk to you. Oh, my I mean, gosh. This is like wow, a, that's such so a, sweet. Thank you. This is exciting. Yes. It's it's oh. kind of, it, it's, well, I don't want to say it's like a man orgasm, but it is. It's, it's a fan go- <laughs> orgasm. I don't know. <laughs> My God! I am so happy to provide that for you. Yes. <laughs> You'll probably uh, be the only straight woman in my life that did. There you go. <laughs> um, so we, I mean, we've been following. Obviously, we we follow your career. We yes. followed everything that you've you've done. We've learned so many things about you and your life, and so it's exciting. And we are so excited to get into those discussions you know and um i have to ask when did you decide that you wanted to be in this business oh you know i think i was still in elementary school but by the time i got into junior high which now they call middle school yes um i think i knew because there were a couple of things that I really enjoyed doing, writing, journalism, wow. uh, acting, yeah. hairdressing, uh-huh. and cu- cooking and all that. And But then I thought, well, what is the thing that comes absolutely the easiest to me and feels the least like work all the time? Right. And that was um, acting. Uh-huh. Naively, I didn't realize how much PR was involved because that's the worst part. <laughs> but the acting, so I decided I'll go for that because if you do something that comes easily and you love to do, you really never work a day in your life. And yes. you may get exhausted doing it, but it doesn't feel like work. You look forward to each day. Yes. And that's what I wanted for my life. I mean, I thought, did a lot of girls that I was going to school with back in the day, you know, they were thinking they'd be teachers or nurses. And I knew instinctively I did not want to be a teacher, even though I thought I'd be a good teacher, uh-huh. because I thought it would depress me that all these kids kept passing through, going on to live their lives, and I was standing still in this Fakakta classroom, mm-hmm. uh-huh. you know, teaching the next group of kids and not living my own life. Exactly. In a yeah. way, that's that's what I thought. I thought it would. I would not feel happy standing still. Although I think it's a noble profession, and I'm very supportive of teachers uh-huh. because they think they're grossly underpaid and, oh, yes. you know, disrespected. But um, and that you know needs to change. Uh, but um, but I don't think it would have been for me. And once I was working at uh, the supermarket around the corner from my house was called Olinsky's. Uh-huh. And I had become a cashier there. I kind of had my 
work papers. I think I forged them and made myself older than I was. <laughs> and at like and at like thirteen I was like already making money working part time as a cashier. But then one day, um my mom and my dad and my sister came through my uh cash register with all kinds of fun things that they bought uh-huh. to go to Jones Beach together. Uh-huh. And there they were passing through, and I was standing behind the register, and then they left to go and have a great day, and I was stuck behind that register. Oh. Same <laughs> feeling. And I thought, I don't like standing still. I like moving. I like leading. Yes. I like making yes. things happen. It's interesting uh-huh. and, you say that. Uh, even as an actor, I think I started to... You know, be bored and frustrated uh, that I wasn't making the decisions. I thought in many ways I was more talented than some of the people I was working with. And I remember the last bad pilot I did as like the nutty neighbor. Uh-huh. And I said, you know, I'm not, I'm going to give myself five years to get on the inside in a big way. And write my own stuff. Peter and I always thought I was a star, not the nutty neighbor. Uh-huh. And we just committed to manifesting that. And the big break was the nanny because I, yes. I knew I wanted it. Yes. And it's iconic. I mean, it's, I, I tell you, we've interviewed several different celebrities on our show and there has your name has come up multiple times mm-hmm. because some a lot of our guests have been on the nanny. Yes, um, and oh. so the experience <laughs> is is all the same. They're like, oh my gosh, we loved it, we loved it, and we got a we got a kick out of the one particular episode we interviewed Rosalind Kind, and oh we, yes. yes, you know Rosalind, I think we're gonna get her to um, sing at our. Uh, cabaret dinner cruise wow. in New York Ooh. on June 22nd yes. to Kansas Schmansa. Uh-huh. And I, I, we always get like great people, some more from cabaret, some from Broadway. Uh-huh. And uh, it's always around, you know, Pride Week. Right. Mm-hmm. And we kick it off with this amazing evening of organic food Ooh. and um, pictures with Fran uh-huh. and hors d'oeuvres and things and a little cruise that even the most jaded people cannot believe how big and glorious the Statue of Liberty is when you sail right under her. Wow. And it's just, you can't help but feel like, oh my God, this is what the immigrants that came and the backbone of this great nation saw when they first arrived in the early 20th century and late 19th century. And, you know, it's just uh, an awesome sight, literally. So uh, maybe you guys will come. You know what? I looked at it and I'm like, oh, I love the price of it. So you know what? I think we probably will. And you know what's interesting? I haven't been on a cruise, so yes, I would oh, so you could to that see too. if it's comfortable. People don't get seasick because it's just a little, a little cruise in New York Harbor in uh-huh. the Hudson. So you never actually even go out to the ocean. You're just in, 
in the river, and you yeah. head out to the Statue of Liberty, and every we often see rainbows. It's just incredible. Nice. And then we come back, and it's just a, a love fest. And I speak so people know why they're there, what their money is really going towards, and what we do, and why we're unique and special. Uh-huh. And uh, then we sit back. Peter, my gay ex-husband, <laughs> always performs. He's an excellent singer. Uh-huh. Yes, absolutely. And uh, But then we get, you know, like Anne Hampton Calloway often sings, uh, who wrote the Nanny theme song. Uh-huh. Wow. But then we have, un- you know, people who want to support the organization who I didn't even know, like Andrea McCardo. Or uh, just I can't think of I'm so bad with names right now, but um, you know I'm sure we have like on our website at cancerschmancer.org like maybe past pictures and things. I did see the past video. Yes, I did see it. It's it's incredible. It really is, and you know um, we will love to support it as much as we can because obviously you know what. I want to say there's not a person on this planet that has not been affected by cancer one way or another. Um, And we, it's such an important cause. And so we, we, we would love to bring it out there. We're going to keep bringing it out there. And we like to support stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I, um, cancer is uh, the great equalizer, poor health, more specifically. Uh It doesn't matter you know, whether you're rich or poor, what your orientation is, what your uh, ethnicity is or race, it really is completely the great equalizer. Everybody is struck by it or knows somebody. And what we are doing and how we are living is part of the problem. And that's what we, in a very kind of radical way, bring to everybody's attention that you have the ability to change this with more mindful rather than mindless spending. Because the home is the most toxic thing we bring, you know, where we expose ourselves to for the longest period of time out of each day. And ironically, have the most control over. That is the most toxic environment, our home. Then you leave the home, maybe you go to work with the windows don't open, there's tons of computers with uh, electromagnetic fields everywhere, discombobulating your natural energy field, off-gassing from industrial furniture, drapes Uh and carpets, and you're creating a cacophony of carcinogens that your, you know, beautiful, exquisite immune system just can't cope with. Right. We weren't designed to cope with this level of chemical toxins and ultra, you know, refined and processed foods and agrochemicals and and meat that's not wild or even raised pristinely right and you know we have to get hip to that cancer schmancer it's like 
in, on, and around you. What are you eating? What are you putting on your skin? All of your personal care items, including oral hygiene. And what are you cleaning and gardening with? Just start there, and you won't believe what a mess you are. I mean, if you're eating a strawberry that's not organic, you might as well be eating a sponge soaked in pesticides. And if you're brushing your teeth with a toothpaste that says, do not swallow or call poison control, throw that away immediately. Uh You need to be using products that have ingredients that may have grown in your grandma's garden. And you need to, and we teach you even how to make it just with vinegar and alcohol and lemon juice and baking soda. It's so easy to clean. You don't need all this industrial strength stuff that's hurting you and your family and your pets. Right. Room deodorizes. Anything that lasts after it's open and six months later it still smells like the strongest pine. Yes. Or is deodorized, you know, you plug it in or you spray your carpets. All of that stuff is toxic. Right. When I'm in a a car, whether it be an Uber or a, you know, private car, and they have one of those pine cardboard things hanging from their rearview mirror, Mm -hmm. I say to them, you have to throw that away. First of all, I'm just in the car for maybe 20 minutes, but you're smelling it all day, and you are asking for bladder cancer. Right. Yep. People that are in janitorial positions, you know, they have to, their union has to band together and get better cleaning products, more eco-friendly and more human-friendly, health-friendly. It's crazy what these poor people that clean public bathrooms have to endure. Oh, I agree. I agree. And you know, another thing that's kind of a shame when you mention all that the the way of life now, uh, everything that's good for us is way more expensive than everything that's bad for us, and it should be the other way around, you know? Well, we have to drive that market, yes. you know? I mean, it's all about supply and demand. I was watching, I watch cooking shows like crazy. I just, uh-huh. for me, it's the equivalent of twirling my hair and sucking my thumb. and uh i just you know love it but there was uh, there's this wonderful uh one called no passport needed Uh and uh they go into these ethnic neighborhoods all over the country where uh, groups of immigrants gathered together and now they keep alive the culture and the food and that the food is kind of the great unifier, how families and eat. And, you know, the more we see that, the more it kind of takes the curse off of looking at somebody that's different from you. Right. Uh, so I really enjoy watching it. I think it's on PBS or something. But uh-huh. anyway, um, what, what they, they were in a... Um, a uh, a neighborhood that was Armenian. There's a great deal of Armenian immigrants living in Los Angeles. And um, they said, you know, back in the old country, uh, a staple dinner was rice and fried onions and lentils. Wow. Mm. 
And I thought to myself, that's very healthy. Uh-huh. You know, though they were poor, but they were eating actually very healthy. Uh-huh. And, you know, lentils is a vegetable protein source, you know, a plant protein. And, you know, the rice is a good carb, and the onions, uh, well, besides adding so much delicious flavor, right? you know, they also have their um, unique qualities of being healthy. And I, I thought to myself, you know, if I, and I always say this, if you don't have money, then, you know, figure out how to eat the organic cheap things deliciously. That's one recipe. Uh, Beans, making a hearty bean soup is incredibly uh, nutritious. And on the set day, if you want to have an organic chicken or an organic piece of meat or or wild fish, you know, and that's the best you can do. Do that. Right. Because you'll be healthy. And, you know, it's a t- terrible thing that um, there are these vast neighborhoods that don't have accessible to them mm-hmm. fresh, clean food. Yes. And that, that's kind of, you know, we're getting to be very divided with the rich and the poor. Yes. And it's not good. And it's almost like feudal times. Uh-huh. It's almost like the ruling class elite, which are the billionaires who have the mega corporations, they're, you know, the ones that are probably eating well. Right. And then the poor people, you know, can go screw themselves with all this crap. Uh-huh. And it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. Uh, yes. You know, we have to be have a consciousness about all of us. We're all in the same freaking boat. People don't have a concept of that. We're in the same boat, people. Wake up. This Uh is the problem with, I think, the species as a whole. We had like a growth spurt in the, you know, the the sapien uh, progression, the human and uh, where the brain suddenly got bigger, but it lost its ability to have foresight. Yeah. Right. So we're a very immediate kind of thing. We can invent something great, but we don't think, what's the long-term impact? How is this going to affect everyone? Yes. And, you know, it's like, yeah, plastic uh, introduced uh, in like nineteen. Uh, 19- Oh nine, I think, was the first one, but by 19, you know, shortly thereafter, it, it, it was like it started to infiltrate, and by the mid-20th century, you were being brainwashed into becoming a disposable society because uh-huh. the vending machine was invented, and yeah. suddenly you could get a hot cup of coffee in the hallway of your office. Right. So, but then then nobody knew what to do with the cup because back then you wouldn't even throw out a cigar box without turning it into a sewing kit Mm. or a can of chock full of nuts without planting something or hiding coins in it or something. Right. You know, everyone repurposed and it was part of daily life. 
And then the vending machine came along, and people didn't know what to do with the cup after they finished their coffee. So then they had to be brainwashed with PSAs, public service announcements, uh-huh. yeah. that they showed in movies and on TV how modern and contemporary it was to take it, drink it, and then you just throw it away. And then they started having trash receptacles next to the vending machine. And the whole thing is like absolute madness because we're burying ourselves. The only ones, the only humans were are the indigenous cultures that get, that have that ability because they remain close to the earth and they see how they fit into the grand scheme of things. Right. Once they started building fortresses and cities and things like that, you lose touch with nature. And suddenly you get this distorted idea that you're in charge, that you're in control, that you can abuse everything and it's going to be okay. We'll think of something else to to deal with that problem. Yep, I agree. And it's just... We say the same thing, yep. especially with uh, technology yeah. and then with how technology it's advanced, comes it's like, responsibility. Yeah, but it, it's not it's not fully practiced. So what being happens? acted out? Uh-huh. Yeah, con- conscious capitalism. I mean, it's like you. I have nothing against making money, but you cannot make money at the expense of all things of true value. Yes, that's like sociopathic. Yes. I mean, we we yeah. society has lost touch of of life in general. Connection, and, and I mean, yeah. I loved it. Right. it it's kind of, well, it's kind of like with the generation. I mean, everybody looks at us when we say, "Okay, well, before the internet, we 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 were one with nature, and we we had to go and bond with nature and give nature life, and nature gave us life." Exactly. Since the internet, we've kind of just said, "Okay, well, I can just do that by watching it." And we don't we don't do anything with you with can nature. watch it, but you don't feel the presence of walking through a park and seeing a tree, or you know, and smelling and wind. feeling. Uh-huh. You yes. know that, and and a good example of that is this architecture where the windows don't open. You're oh, in a, a fish tank. You can see outside, there's, it looks windy or it's rainy, the sun is shining, but you can't experience it. Yep. That's nuts. Yes. I have in all my contracts, if I need to travel on your behalf to do press or, or I'm asked to, uh, or I'm hired to do a speaking engagement because I'm a public speaker, uh-huh. I must have a hotel that the windows open. Yes. Or it's a deal breaker. Yep. I agree. I, I agree. have to have windows. I'm, I'm the same and, way because I have, because, you know, when I write, I have to have yeah. the windows open. Whether it's freezing cold outside, pouring down rain, or hot, the windows have to be open because that's how, that's how the creative juices flow. Um, yeah, it's invigorating. Yes. So I, I always have a crack, even a crack in New York City in my apartment. Uh-huh. Even in the dead of winter, just a crack. I can't be in that apartment with everything closed, and then they send up the steam oh, in the radiators, and I get so dry. I live with a cool mist humidifier because uh-huh. it's dry in California, too. Yes. But, uh, you know, let me ask you something, but uh-huh. you got to be honest. Do you have any plastic water bottles sitting around where you are right now? 
Well, at the moment, yes, because that's what the, the studio gives us for the water. No, don't. You have to protest that. Don't let I the know. studio do that. When I got a serious radio, it's full of plastic bottles. It's like, this is crazy. Yes. I just came from a health spa where I was, I'm not going to say the, their name, but I, uh, but, the, you know, it's a health spa. And all they have is plastic water bottles everywhere. I said, this is insane. You, how do you have health? And you have this toxic vessel holding the water and polluting the environment. I brought my own glass bottles because I'm not going to contribute. I'm not going to be part of the problem. You have to not be part of the problem, too. You can't just bellyache about it. That's a perfect example. People are talking about, you know, uh, you know, like global warming deniers right. while they're holding a single-use plastic beverage bottle right. or the food that they buy from these takeout places. Right. You know, I have a delicious Thai restaurant near my house, and they are still using those really heavy plastic containers. They, it used to be cardboard, wax-lined cardboard, the traditional. Even to this day, if we do on TV a scene where we're eating takeout Chinese, we use the old-school cardboard because that says takeout Chinese to a viewer. Right. You know, and we have to insist that we get that back. So I go to the Thai restaurant with my pots, with my corningware, put the soup in this, put that in that, and I bring it home that way. Yep. It's a little more of an effort, but, you know, the more we complain, I, you know, I mean, uh, that. These restaurants, fancy restaurants, that serve Fiji water. And it's like, I know they serve Fiji water in the plastic bottles. That means thousands of bottles a month are going out their door into their dumpster. And I, every time I go, I know they have it. I say, I'd like to buy some bottled water. Is it in a glass bottle? No, it's Fiji. Oh, well then, I'm not going to buy it. I would have bought it if it was in glass. And that's my protest as a citizen. And if everybody did that, instead of saying, well, this is all they serve, you know, then, and if they say, well, I say, do you have, um, you know, filtered water? And they say, yes. And I say, okay, well, I'll have the filtered water with a piece of lemon, please because you are contributing to the, you know, horrible plastic situation. And that's a twofold problem. It's an open-end system. At some point, the plastic just has to be buried somewhere or burned, which are both toxic and unsustainable. Right. And it's increasing our use of petroleum Uh with petrol. You know, fossil fuels. Hello? That's what's causing global warming. So, you know, you have to tell the studio, we don't want this. Get a, you know, get a spring water container and everybody, you know, that even they have it in glass. They can be, I got that at my, in my dressing room at the studio. 
I said, look, I'm one of the stars of the show, and we cannot have all this plastic. That's just right. unacceptable. No, we can't be part of the problem. I told them just, and all these scripts, every day it's a new script, double-sided. Uh-huh. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. You know, but... No, I but agree. you know, I'm sing- I'm screaming from the mountaintops, and that's what Cancer Schmanza does. We wake you up, shake you up, motivate, activate, and educate you to change your life. We are driving all the woes of the world because greed is the systemic malignancy. Right, and we're right. just spending our hard-earned dollars supporting these sociopaths who don't care at all and we're just being you know we're mindlessly doing it we need to be mindful if everybody stopped drinking cola today they'd stop making it tomorrow it wouldn't matter who was in the white house it wouldn't matter what regulation was legislated it wouldn't matter because the bottom line is the bottom line and who's the biggest consumer on the planet we are Uh uh-huh no, I agree. And, you know, and we we admit, we always do, that the fact that we always like to change and educate our lives even further. So, yes. you know, um, and I... And, and it's you, never over until you are. Absolutely. So, absolutely. you know, we'll all you. keep learning. Uh, the, uh, the universe gives us the opportunities every day to become a more refined version of ourselves. Right. I agree. Absolutely. That's very Buddhist, and I'm a boo No, you're good. It's all good. Yes. No, we, we agree. We totally do agree. It's okay. We're not perfect. You know, sometimes we Absolutely. falter, and then we say, you know, next time I have the opportunity, I'm going to do it differently. Absolutely. I see. I, did, I, I could have done it better. And you know what? And we will, because when we have our next scheduled interview, that's we're either going to bring in our uh, our own glass bottle yes or uh we're gonna request it so so yes yeah, so yeah we, exactly we appreciate i'm proud of you isn't that great see yeah yes <laughs> it is mm-hmm. it, well you know you have always... to be the change we are the change that's yes. a video that we did at cancer schmanza for uh with jamie fox and jeff bridges and myself and a bunch of different kids and it's all targeting tweens and teens who don't vote don't pay taxes, don't wield a lot of influence in Washington, but they are a multi-billion dollar spending group, and they are the first generation predicted to not live as long as their parents in U.S. history. And we at Kansas Manson don't want to make that a self-fulfilling prophecy. So we're engaging these kids with, you know, very entertaining produced education video uh, with animation too, and uh, you know we want them to be the change because they are doomed to inherit a terrible situation. Right, mm-hmm. and I agree, and I agree, and you know we always got to be willing to make the difference, and that's something that Willie and I have always taken pride on for for the twenty years that we've been together. Yes. We've we've always had to be receptive to change, and we've always had to be receptive to doing what's right and doing the right. thing thing um because that's yeah, how you it's not it. always easy or convenient yeah. but easy and convenient usually pays a bigger price than a little bit more yes. you oh, know yes. fortitude 
Oh, I agree. I've yep, always Chris said, said that. I've yep. said if it's if it's too easy, then there's a problem. <laughs> and I've always good said for that. you. Yes, that is my mm-hmm. that is that is my struggle in life. Well, I wouldn't say struggle, no. but that is my defense in life. If it's too easy, no, I'm not going to do it because that means there's a problem I'm going to deal with later, and I can't do that. Um, you know, so no, I get you 100. percent I really, really do. So we appreciate that. Yes, thank we do. you. We, well, I mean, thank you. you thank are, you. And I appreciate you for being open-minded and, and using oh, yeah. your podcast to show, you know, leadership in many areas. It's oh, yes. wonderful. Well, we're all about that. Yeah. I mean, we like to we like to send some great messages and we hope to educate people along the way. And, and in fact, we have... Uh, with a lot of the different episodes that we've done, we've had fans actually that have come to us and and tell us that um, we helped change them. We helped make some decisions for them a little bit easier for them and how they cope with them. And I'm like, okay, well, good. That's what our purpose was, you know. Um, Isn't that nice? But right. we make kindness and compassion your compass through it all. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And that is that is that is who Chris and Will is or are or however you want to say it that's who we are and you know we we take the time for a total stranger that will talk to us about their problems we don't know them but we'll sit and we talk to them and we're like okay you know what if you need a listening ear we're here to listen yeah that's 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 what we believe we're here to do and so that's what our podcast does so we're very excited about that and we're glad it's grown and in many aspects of it but at the end of the day, I always say, as long as my bills are getting paid, I'm good, which I don't have that many bills anyway. But I, my message is the most important priority yeah. of the entire process. Mm-hmm. I say this. I've been poor and I've been rich and I know how to be happy in both worlds. It's really, if you have your health, you've got the foundation for happiness and then you manifest the rest by, yes. you know, being a good person. And the best things in life truly are free. Yeah. Yes, they are. They absolutely are. Look how we were, yesterday I had the cast over with the producers and to take a beach walk. And I yes. put out, you know, everything I made homemade. I put out some hors d'oeuvres. Everybody brought some wine. And we poured our glasses after we had some hors d'oeuvres. And then we... Took off our shoes. They said, we take our shoes off, right? It's like, you know, the city people. And I said, absolutely, because we have to get the Earth's energy. And uh, it's so medicinal for us. And there we were walking on the beach, and it was just so beautiful. And the beach is free for everyone. And that was such a highlight. And then I just made spaghetti. It couldn't have been a more inexpensive meal. Right. And uh, a little green salad and, you know, it's just the basics, the basics of life. And you you gave them a new life because you gave them something that they now can experience on their own at their own time and say, hey, look, work is work, but my life is only once, you know, because after my life is done with, somebody else is going to be making this show or another show or they're going to keep Hollywood going. But my life is once, and so I have to learn. Exactly. Yes. You know, I said that to um, my producer, you know, once. I said, look, you know, I, I am a cancer survivor. I'm a rape survivor. 
Uh, and, uh, other things, you know, I mean, it was hard for Peter and I to break up, and, you know, no one leaves this planet unscathed, but because I've had kind of really some depths of despair experiences, I have perhaps a more honed understanding of my precious life. Right. And I'm not going to waste it, you know, I got to feel like I'm, I have, I can't come in when it's still dark and leave and it's dark and I miss the whole day. I can never do that. I got to be part of the day. And you know, I'm glad uh, you say that. mm -hmm. I got, because the one thing I was going to ask you about and um i'm gonna set it up for you so willie here of course has gone through some um rough struggles with family and family uh acceptance family identity problems family basically in a nutshell disowning him for who he is Mm -hmm. and in a sense over the course of the years his anxiety has grown so high that it's put him in places where he he really doesn't belong and the one thing we had to come to determination was, okay, look, this is our life. This is where we belong. This is our journey. If family, unfortunately, can't accept that journey and go with us on that journey the way that they need to, or we would like for them to, then unfortunately, they're going to have to be part of the garbage that we have to throw out of our life and get rid of. We have to, it's it's that toxic cleanse. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I believe that you have a biological family and then you have a logical family. Wow. And you make your logical family and forget about the biological family because the biological family, I, I do my stand-up act, schmoozing with Fran a lot, uh, and obviously I get hired to work at big gay, um, you know, venues and things. Right. Yeah. And uh, then I open it up to a Q&A at the very end, and somebody told me about their mom, this, that, you know, and I said, you know, you were your mom's opportunity to take the high road on her journey of self-refinement, and she failed that. She failed that. So, okay, she's on her journey, and maybe the opportunity will present itself, and maybe she'll choose a different road the next time, or, as many people do, they live and die without gaining the uh, kind of wisdom that is the very reason why we're here, and everything in this life is your opportunity to learn. This is a big classroom for you and you and you, Uh and whatever comes at you, good and bad, is an opportunity for you to stop and think and try and take the higher road on your journey of self-refinement. And if you don't, life is going to keep knocking you over the head until you do. Um, Or, you know, so for... For your friend, um, he's on his journey yeah. of self-refinement, and cool. he can, um, he can uh, like, with, with love in his heart, 
say, you know, I feel sorry for you. You are a blockhead. And to go through life as a blockhead is not really getting the fullness of the spiritual journey, of the, uh, you know, uh, your soul's journey, and you've got a long ways to go. And maybe it has to do with how you were raised, and maybe how you were raised put you in this place, and you don't, you haven't gained the wisdom or insight to see that now as an adult you can let go of those ties that bound you. Look, I, uh, I, you know, my second marriage, it wasn't a good one, basically. I mean, the first year was bliss, the second year was agony and ecstasy, the third year was just agony. And finally I left. And, you know, I don't have any hard feelings for him at all. Because I learned a lot from him because he was a very brilliant mind. But also, and mostly, I learned a lot about myself because of him. And it was a journey I needed to take. And when I look at my growth from the beginning when I was like blaming myself and beating myself up to the end, where I was observing him as a kind of creature that has a lot of limitations to it. And then I had to ask myself, okay, well... Could, do I want to live with these limitations? Is it enough for me? Yeah. If it's not, then I wish you well, and I move on on my journey. Right. Agreeable. Absolutely. Yes. Very good. So going into, you know, you've and obviously... don't ever And don't ever uh, be self-abusive. Because you're buying into the negativity of others. You know, after I was raped, I wasn't smoking cigarettes, but I, uh, I had quit for years. And I picked it up that night. And then it was much harder for me. And then I had to quit all over again. And I made a promise to myself then, if something bad happens to me, I'm not going to use that as an excuse to further hurt myself with something. And then the next opportunity came when, uh, we, well, we got divorced and then I got cancer and I never abused myself ever again. I only saw this as an opportunity for me to be loving to myself, to learn how to ask for help, to let people in and support me, to surround myself with healthy people that could take charge so I didn't have to always to give myself what I needed rather than abuse myself because I was caught up in this negative cycle. And that's, that works for everybody. Turn your pain into purpose. Turn your lemons into lemonade. Create your logical family. And have compassion for people that are blockheads. They are not going to ever have the life that you are going to live. Right. Absolutely. And they're big amen on that one. Absolutely. So, (laughs) so really, I mean, this, I'm almost speechless to sit here and go, we've always known you were incredible, but hearing all this just makes you even 
a bigger incredible, if that makes sense. I like being a bigger incredible. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of the Buddhist philosophy. It's not a religion. It just kind of helps you uh, view life through a different lens. Yes. And it's very useful. And you you have to. And, you know, that's we appreciate that. And thank you for educating us on that because we're definitely going to – make a new change note on that as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let's go into uh, your your current project, Indebted. So, okay. Okay, okay. so I heard, now, uh, you don't executive produce this one, correct? No, not, no. It, they can't, they, or, or, they um, wrote it with me in mind. I was about to go out and try and sell an idea of my own that I was excited about, which is usually the way I do it. But this was so much further along, and uh, my parents were so excited that I might be on NBC because my last series, Happily Divorced, a lot of their friends could never find TV land. Uh-huh. And so everybody can find the Peacock Network. Right. Yes. And... Peter thought it was a good idea, and so I, 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 I decided to be, uh, I don't know, in Jewish, they call it Talmudic, and Buddhist, it's kind of like, be very zen and present in your life, uh-huh. and don't swim upstream. This was coming to me very easily. Yeah, it was right. being presented to me. Yeah. And so for me to turn my back on it, when in the script it said this character in every way is a Fran Drescher type, and it's already green-lighted to be made into a pilot for a major network, which nice. I really haven't been on since the nanny. Right. Um. I decided to just go for it. And then it was a little bit of a challenge for me, not having stuff to say about everything. Right, right. And now, then I find myself back in the situation that made me manifest being a producer in the first place, you know, working for people that maybe I don't always agree with. Right. And I'm not in charge. Right. And then I have to look at that as another opportunity to let go, let love, and live in trust. Wow. Wow. And it was very challenging through those 13 episodes that we shot because it's not my M.O. anymore. I've been an EP in charge of my own projects for 25 years more. And, you know, so it has been a challenge. So... Did uh, so NBC only ordered thirteen episodes, right? That's what's gonna. That's what's airing currently. Yeah, we shot thirteen episodes. Gotcha. Which seems to be kind of the new way. Yes, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess shows that are runaway hits. They get a lot more orders, uh, but for the first round, I think they tend to be more conservative. Well, it is such a very relatable show, I will tell you that. (laughs) And the reason I say that is because my uh, parents suffered a a flood at their house in 2016. And we took a break from our own career to go and try to help them get back on their feet. And um, everything from financial to construction to everything because they lost basically everything and they're in the the same boat that Uh, their finances are crazy they don't know how to spend correctly 
So it's funny because how you guys are, how you're the grandparents and how you act in this show is exactly <laughs> our life. I mean, it is. Wow. Yes. That is so cute. Yes. It, it is so So now funny. are they back in their own home? They are actually. We uh, just moved back to Willie and I just moved back to Florida only a couple of weeks ago. So that's how long it took us to get them back on their feet to, you know, go and do the things that they needed to do. But yes, they are. But even my mother, and it's funny because one of the episodes that we just got done watching was the episode where um, the your your son's and his wife was kind of going into you guys' life and y'all were having problems with learning technology, in a sense, with the phones and the apps on the phone. And, oh, uh, yes. And I laughed at that because <laughs> we did an interview yesterday and my mother is the same way. She will call in the middle of the interview and say, what are you doing? Uh, we're, we're working. Oh, can you help me figure something out on my phone? <laughs> and it's like, ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I got both my parents and iPhone and, uh, now I can FaceTime with them. Do you FaceTime with your parents? No, because she wouldn't, she doesn't know how to figure that out. And we've showed her and she, it just doesn't click quite yet. So we're still kind of working on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you call them, all they have to do is accept. But I have to write things out. Like, I wrote out for my mom how to send a photo through text message. Wow. And she always blesses wow. me. She said, it's so, all I do is follow what it says, and then it works. Oh, honey. My mother, we will write the same thing. <laughs> she loses the text, deletes it, or loses the paper that we write it on. And uh, she's like, she goes, I don't remember what I did with How her. old is she? Uh, she's, they are in their mid seven, about 74, 75. Mm -hmm. So, you oh. know, yeah, it, it's. Well, they, my dad just turned 90. My mom's going to be 86. Wow. Congratulations. So they need yeah. to step up, your parents. Know, <laughs> and you know what? You got to tell them it's brain food. I know. So, you know, the more no one enjoys dealing with the phones when they start to go on the blink, but uh -huh. it's brain food, and uh, when you figure it out, then, you know, you've yes. just increased a lot of those little synapses in the brain. Uh -huh. Well, it's just funny because that's when, again, that show is so identi it, it identifies almost everything that... Uh, they have done and we've experienced with it so it's very relatable so i'm like whoever the writers are that for this show you'll have to let them know that they've somebody's done their homework yes uh because you, in some mm -hmm. ways for people like ourselves who has gone through that situation uh -huh. it's almost to the t to the t wow well that's dan levy he's the creator of it and he was very uh taken when he had a serious conversation with his parents about what's the game plan long term. Uh -huh. And his parents said very flippantly, well, we could always just move in with you. And it's like, wait a minute, whoa, <laughs> we got to have a better plan than that. But yes. then he started to think, well, what if my parents did move in with me? What would that be like? And that became indebted. That's crazy. Well, well 
congratulations on that. It's a great show. Yeah. And, you know, before we kind of wrap this up, I do have to ask, we another show, of course we love The Nanny. You you know that. Everything about The Nanny yes. is amazing. But it was another show that we watched, and we cannot get enough of it, and it's actually on Hulu, and yes. we've been catching ourselves watching it over and over again. It's Living with Fran. Yes! <laughs> oh, oh, thank you. Yes. Yes, yes so, I I recently ran into both those guys, and they're both so sweet and great. And that was a typical example of when I agreed to do a show, but it wasn't my show. And then I had to step in because I felt like I could, you know, help it. And uh, I did, but unfortunately for that show, it was, uh, it came in at a transitional period for the network, and it was like turning uh, it from Warner Network or something into CW, yeah. or I, I don't yes. really know, I don't remember now, it was but the uh, it's always, shows slip between the cracks when things like that happen and administrations change. Yes, yeah. I agree. Well, you know what? Um, I have to say, what was it like working with Ryan? That was That is a hot man. Mm-hmm. That is one hot man. Yeah, he is awesome. And uh, he's so sweet and lovely. And he's got a beautiful wife yes. and two kids that were like babies when we were doing the show, and now they're like teenage boys, and uh, it's just incredible uh, to see him. And he's also producing things for, I think, Hallmark uh-huh. movies or Netflix. I think he did a a movie for television. So, uh, and he's just the loveliest, sweetest man and a good actor, too. I really... Yeah. His first job ever as an actor was on The Nanny. Really? Wow. Yep. In Living with Fran, I loved the way that you wore those designer jeans. Just, um, you know, like, I think it was the first episode. You had that uh, lavender top, and then you had the jeans with the sort of like the rips in them. And it just, it... It, I liked seeing you like that. I don't know why. It just it was very uh, not vibrant, but just like a certain different kind of renewed energy, I guess. And yes, thank you. Yeah, you're you know, welcome. I think we started to with my TV persona started on the nanny with the clothes, uh-huh. and now it's like every character that I play. There's kind of an expectation to really doll up and uh it's you know fun because i think it's a visual medium it is but um and you can keep and you still have the hotness of course yes you know (laughs) uh thank you but yes it's been you know again it's just it's very exciting to watch your work be a part of it and have this conversation with you and you know um I can't thank you. We can't thank you enough for doing the show. Yes. I, we really appreciate it. And Oh, how sweet. Yes, That's so yes. nice. It's at my absolute pleasure. And 
I appreciate you letting me go on about um, the projects, Cancer Schmancer. I hope all your yes. listeners, uh, you know, um, what a great go to cancerschmancer.org yes. and uh-huh. join. It's free, and there's so much wonderful information and entertainment that is accessible. Well, we are going to promote it heavily. Yes. I guarantee you Mm -hmm. that. We will make it a priority to put it on our schedule to be in New York. Yes. Believe it or or not, we've been in New York. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Yes. Well, you know, we've been to New York many times, but I will tell you, I've never seen the Statue of Liberty. So this will be a reason to go see it, to get it off the bucket list. Oh, how wonderful. Yes, it is. It is. It would be great to have you come and you would have such a good time you can bring your parents <laughs> i don't know about that but uh, where do they live they live in louisiana actually oh my cousin yes. is in uh, new orleans really yeah they live in uh, a little a, a little area outside of baton rouge uh and kind of in between baton rouge and new orleans so it's not too 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 far but um but, uh, yeah, you never know. Um, oh, that would be nice. <laughs> well, thank you, guys. And and thank you for all you do on behalf of, you know, the LGBTQ and, and uh, everybody that's been marginalized at some point in their life. I, it, you know, I mean, I'm a woman and a lefty. Right. So. <laughs> yes, I'm a lefty too. We're talented people. Yeah, it's just so important. We all just love. Love is love. My heart is still pounding. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What a way to start off season two. Wow. We love Fran. Yes. Oh my gosh. It. Warm hugs. Yes, it was such a great conversation. Well, you know, guys, the event is June 22nd. And uh, the organization is called CancerSmancher.org. Go ahead and spell it. Yes. So that's C-A-N-C-E-R-S-C-H-M-A-N-C-E-R dot O-R-G. Yes. And attend the event. We will be there. Mm -hmm. We're inviting our mothers. And we're taking them to New York. We're going to go have so much fun at this organization. So we hope to see you there June 22nd. Yes. But go learn more about this organization. It's a great cause. Uh, you can contribute if you can't go on the trip. Um, she does a lot of different events. It's a wonderful organization. We have all been touched by cancer some way or another. So uh, be a part of it. Be a part of the cause. Be a part of the change on everything that we talked about. We're going to be a part of that change as well. So cancersmancher.org is the address. Fran's new show, Indebted, premieres on NBC. Well, it's already premiered. Yeah. It's on NBC at 9.30 Eastern Time. Yeah. Uh, 8.30 Central. Check your local listings. Um, if you don't see it on NBC, you can watch it on Hulu. Uh-huh. But check it out on NBC first. That is Thursday right. nights at 9.30 Eastern. It's called Indebted. It's such a fun funny relatable show yes it is it definitely is well we guys we thank you so much 
we guys, you guys, we're so excited. Thank you so much for coming back and making season two be as great as season one. Uh, we love you. Remember to love yourself and the world will love you in return. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank We thank Fran. We thank everybody at the organization as well as NBC for giving us this great opportunity. Very thankful. Check out more at our website at chrisandwill.com. Plus, you can follow us and like us on Instagram at chris.and.will. That's right. Tell your friends about us. Tell everybody about us. We have an amazing season two going on, and we don't want you to miss it. We want you all to be a part of it. Thank you so much for making season two's premiere wonderful. We've got another great episode for you coming next week of What About Our Life with Chris and Will. But for now, we got to go. Bye. Bye.